Tickets, please. Tickets, please. Tickets, please. The repetitious phrase of the train attendant was starting to put Jasper Holt into a sort of trance. He blinked his eyes a few times to snap himself out of the fog. An older gentleman sat across Jasper, fast asleep, his head resting on the man sharing his side of the booth. The other man wore a red bandana around his neck, a dusty, sweat-stained hat, and a black jacket. Jasper was thankful to have his side all to himself. He looked out the window, the flat, low, uninteresting plains of the great American West passing by at a loping pace. (sighs) How far are we from San Francisco, he thought. Tickets, please. Jasper looked up, the car attendant's ticket-expected hand nearly jutting into his face. Jasper fished around in his pocket and gave him his ticket. Satisfied, the attendant turned to the two men opposite Jasper. Tickets, please. The old man snored. Tickets, please, sir, said the attendant, rousing the old man from his sleep. Now it was he who was annoyed. What? Your ticket, sir, said the attendant. Did he ever say anything else, Jasper wondered. All right, Dad, blame it, said the old man, digging around in his coat pocket. Nothing there. Then his trousers, still nothing. The attendant was getting perturbed. It's been like two minutes and nothing has happened in the story. How long does this go? I think Brock is at the very end of the train, and we're gonna work our way to the very end of the train. <laughs> we're gonna go through every passenger. Uh, hold your horses! I got it," said the old man, whipping off his left shoe, retrieving from it a limp, damp ticket. "There you go," said the old man triumphantly. The attendant said nothing, adding the wet paper to the ticket pile. "And you, sir," said the attendant to the man in the red bandana. "Ticket, please." An uncomfortable pause ensued. The man in the red bandana ignored the attendant, looked at his watch, and yelled, All right! Let's go, boys! Instantly, the man shot up from his seat, along with six other men scattered throughout the rail car. All of them had drawn pistols. No! What in tarnation is going on here? Said the old man, while the attendant stood there frozen. My name is Bradley Duncan! And these are my associates, said the man in the red bandana, (laughs) gesturing around the car. We are conducting a little business meeting with y'all this fine morning, and we would greatly appreciate your cooperation. (laughs) A woman in the front of the car screamed, waking her baby, which began to cry. Murmurs of protest and fear permeated the car as the men worked their way through the carriage. Duncan turned to the old man, cocked his head, and shoved an empty satchel in front of him. Let's go, sleeping beauty. Put your valuables in the bag, said Duncan. The old man turned and spat. I'll be a doggone lily-livered yellow-bellied biscuit eater before I let you rob me. Smack! The old man fell into the aisle, holding the left side of his face while Duncan cowered over him. Well, well, well. <laughs> Looks like we've got ourselves someone who disagrees with our business dealings, said Duncan, the other outlaws laughing at his poor joke. Put him over there next to that baggage till I get to him. The old man was thrown forcefully onto the baggage pile while the other passengers looked on in terror. But then the baggage began to move. It began to take shape. 
until everyone saw that it was not a pile of baggage that the old man had been thrown against. It was a man, maybe, though men weren't supposed to be this big. The baggage man growled like a grizzly bear prematurely waked from its hibernation. Who are you? said Duncan, a quiver of trepidation in his voice. The baggage man looked at Duncan. I'm Brock Lesnar. What are you doing here? said Duncan. Brock took a deep breath and exhaled. I'm here because I like trains, said Brock. (laughs) But you know what I also like? Beating the mess out of train robbers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh... Yeah, I'm sorry for the very long intro. I had no time to edit it. (laughs) I literally finished it just like... You just wrote it out and went, "Mm, perfect. (laughs) No. (laughs) All done. Dude, I thought for sure it was going to be Sherbrock Holmes again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I I should totally do a sequel. Well, 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 looks like we are back here in the Broctagon. <laughs> the Broctagon, where we ask hypothetical questions concerning uh, human fighting machine Brock Lesnar. Today, boys, the question is, Brock Lesnar is facing a cadre of train robbers on an old-timey train. Uh, how many times out of ten do you think he is going to be successful in taking them down? Uh, okay, so for, for Red Dead Brock Demption, I need some ground rules here. That's such a good... Help me out. So it's... Are there... Are there... How many train robbers are there? There's six? Well, there's seven, including the ringleader. There's seven? Okay. Do they all have guns? Yes. Paint me a picture, Cameron. How many uh, train cars are there? Is it like... Is it like a long train? Is it like one gang member per car? It's... It's a long train. They're starting in the passenger car. There's... Let's say there's like... Four passenger cars. Okay. So they're starting in this There's one. a lot of room. Yeah, and, you know, they have seven, but, you know, not all seven of them are going to go to the next car. You know, you got to leave a guy behind to make sure. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Funny they're, they're all occurs. spread out. Yeah, yeah. And they're probably going to work their way up to, uh, you know, the engine so that they can stop the train, and get on their horses that are lying in wait. Cameron, can you tell me about how... Brock Lesnar shapeshifted from a pile of bags into a giant man. Well, he was uh, he was crouched down in a sleeping position. Oh, I thought he I thought it was like a metamorphosis thing. <laughs> like like no, no, one no, of no, his no, forms no. is a pile of knapsacks. No, I I was already running really long with the intro, so I didn't have time to like paint a picture. In fact, baggage <laughs> Brock was not my first choice. You used all your cold open time to describe three random people and then <laughs> got their tickets taken and said, suddenly he turned into a baggage transformer and said, I'm Brock Lesnar. And that was the whole question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I was on the, the edge of my seat the entire time. That was a great story, Cameron. Good job. Thank that was you. wonderful. Uh, so my, my thinking is that he, he was like kind of in like that fetal position, just like in Brocker Nation, Brock Hibernation. Sure. And 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 somebody looked at that and was just like, oh, and they just threw like a blanket over it, over him. And everybody just assumed like, oh, this is obviously not a human. It's too big. <laughs> this is baggage. So they just like piled baggage around him. And it didn't wake him. 
No, 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 no. Because because he knew he wasn't in danger. He had enough snacks for the winter. Yeah. Baggage Brock was not my first choice. My first choice was I was I was going to have him uh, standing on top be, of the train. No, I, I wanted him to be in the engine room. And instead of shoveling coal, it was just him like on a bike powering the train. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't have, I didn't have time to work that in. Don't worry, you just did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, mission accomplished, buddy. He just gets out, pushes the train, yeah. runs, gets back on, it goes a little <laughs> bit like a big skateboard. Gets out, pushes the train, jumps back on board. Yeah. He has a really long pole. He's just doing it like a paddleboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one of them western gondolas. I hate to say this. It doesn't look good for Brock here, guys. Yeah. He's got a train with seven cars, with seven guys, each of them with a gun. And Brock just woke up. I I give this one to Brock one out of ten. Yeah, that's fair. And that's just because I think it would take a lot of bullets to actually kill him. I don't think this looks good for Brock. He's got seven guys he has to deal with and a bunch of civilians. All seven of those guys oh. have guns. Brock does not. I, I give this to Brock one out of ten. And it's only because if he takes down the first guy, then he has a gun. And at that point, I feel like he's got a fighting chance. That's my reason for giving him three out of ten. Is once he's ha- Once he has the gun... He's a trained marksman. I do not consider Brock his... has an eagle eye. Yeah. I forgot about the National Guard experience. Right. Yeah, yeah. Three might be oh, more yeah. appropriate. Do you think any train robber has, like, actual real shooting experience when it comes down to it? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, Jesse James did. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's not military experience. Uh-huh. There's <laughs> probably a lot of Civil War cast-offs running with this group. I would not be quick to say that. You're, that that's a really good point. Besides, this is a time when uh, knowing how to shoot a gun was one part of the process of getting something to eat. We get in our car, we go somewhere, <laughs> they grabbed a gun and shot hey, something. I, sh- I shot the grocery store owner. <laughs> <laughs> Let's eat, boys. But they, they start eating the grocery store owner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why didn't you just eat the groceries? I'm not a thief. <laughs> Brock just takes the gun. He's like, yes, finally. Pops out the bullets and just starts throwing them as hard as he can. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that'd be enough to kill you. I thought you were going to say, like, takes the bullets and is like, yes, finally, and starts eating them like they're snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Something to eat. Mmm, Smith and Weston. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's two scenarios here. There's one where Brock tries to take out the train robbers with as little collateral damage as possible. And I think in that situation, he is way less successful. If he doesn't care about other people getting killed, I, I, this, this is harsh, but, you know, maybe he's more successful. What do you think? <laughs> if Brock doesn't have to worry about the rest of humanity, I think he does every question 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. He's unstoppable without a moral compass. There's nothing to stop him from coming here and killing us. Yeah, fair enough. Truth, truthfully, I give him 1 out of 10 with the gun. I forgot the marksmanship stuff. I'll go to two out of ten with a gun if he cares. If he doesn't care, I give him four out of ten. See, I'm at three, so that 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 tracks. Uh, we're all forgetting the possibility that the first person he encounters is the gang leader who just immediately submits to Brock and says, "Like boys, fall in line. <laughs> oh, yes, a new leader." <laughs> and then Brock and his gang of bandits just use a train to tour the West. <laughs> <laughs> Brock Piercer. 
AMC presents Brock on Wheels. Canceled after two episodes. Yeah, but that that scenario is two out of my three out of ten. <laughs> they quickly realize who they're dealing with. You know, I when I came up with this idea, I I did a little bit of research and uh, I read some stuff about the Jesse James. Uh, Guys, gangs are bad. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, there's a little fun, interesting history fact for you. Jesse James and his gang, when they rob trains, they wouldn't rob the poor people or women. Yeah, they had, they had a moral compass. Yeah. And they would look at the hands of the, the men that they were robbing to see if they were actually like rough and dirty from doing good, hard, honest or like, work. And if they, they if, would read their hands like kids do in elementary school. Like if there's like an M <laughs> in the wrinkles, it's like, oh, you're going to get married. I'm not going <laughs> to rob from you. Yeah, yeah. Boss, boss, come here. This guy's got a mood ring on. <laughs> hey, pard, why are you feeling perplexed? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's changing. It's changing. I think he's scared. <laughs> well, that don't make no sense. He's happy. <laughs> <laughs> now, dadgum, this feller's sensual. Get him off the track. <laughs> Let me see them hands. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you a Leo? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see them hands, mister. Boss, this fella ain't got no hands. <laughs> <laughs> Boss, this here fella took his thumb clean off his hand. I never seen nothing like it. Boss, boss, come here. Look at this fella. Now, it don't look like much. But when you look at the shadow cast up on the wall, <laughs> darn if that don't look like an ape. With two hands, he does a rabbit. <laughs> oh, man. I really like this this lackey, this group member. <laughs> yeah. He just starts waxing poetic. Boss, I really love public transportation in this part of the country. It really makes a man look forward today. We have some walkable cities that'll still be safe communities you can raise a family in. <laughs> His name is Rabbit Trail Jerry. <laughs> they just like set him to go get dynamite. He comes back with a camel. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, how'd you get that? Well, went to go get the dynamite, and I was there at the dynamite store. And what do you know but a circus done come into town? <laughs> <laughs> but the circus was going out of business, and they were selling off. And they needed dynamite for their act, and I just <laughs> bought dynamite. <laughs> And I said, what can you give me? He said, how about this camel? And I said, fair is fair. Anyways, we'll, <laughs> we'll use the camel to break into the safe, boss. Well, how will we do that, Jerry? Well, simple. We'll trade the camel for dynamite. You know how much we need that. <laughs> Here's what we'll do, boss. If the job goes sour, we'll blame the camel. <laughs> How'd you get the name Rabbit Trail Jerry? Oh, it's because I like to go on wild tangents on my stories, which reminds me of an amusing anecdote back from my youth. <laughs> Three hours passed. So anyway, that's how they make cornbread. <laughs> the law can't catch up with him because every time they go to hang him, he just bores everyone. <laughs> that's a mighty fine rope. Oh, it does remind me of the history rope. I had a cousin who was the rope making business for many years. He done told me one of these is a short speckled dye hooey. 
<laughs> boy, if you put one of them bad boys on a boat, you Jerry, could reel in a whale. Jerry, you, you could just go. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? I was just getting to the good part. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. How would Brock fare against Rabbit Trail Jerry? I brought you killing him. I thought the other way. I feel like Brock takes him in as a, like a pet. You know? <laughs> he just kind of follows him around. Rabbit Trail Jerry, like, rides on Brock's shoulders like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just plays with his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock just, like, travels around the west while rabbit trail jerry rides they're in a symbiotic relation that would be the ultimate robbery duo like rabbit chair jerry's talking your ear off and then boom brock <laughs> nizzler knees you in the jaw takes your wallet you skip out of town hey that's right he broke the undertaker streak which speaking of undertakers <laughs> i had a cousin who was in the undertaking business Oh, up in Tombstone, and my golly gee you know they had some undertaking business up there in tombstone <laughs> wider that reminds me. <laughs> oh, boss, I'm going to pull through. Anyways, what was I saying about <laughs> Do we know how Brock is dressed? That's always important for me. Is he dressed as like like a like a He's in his UFC sheriff? trunks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, negle- I neglected to mention that. Could it, be, could it be his trunks, but he's also wearing a sheriff's badge just on his chest, like it's pinned into his <laughs> chest? <laughs> It's just a shuriken that's still stuck in him from a previous fight. <laughs> he just sharpied the word sheriff on it. Uh, Cameron, we never heard your pick. Oh, uh, I don't really disagree with you guys. I'll give them. Sean picked one, two, and four. So yeah, I'll I'll give Brock. I'll, I'll give Brock two. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. Is there a weapon that you guys would give him that could make it a five out of ten? I don't really know. Like, if you just give him a gun, then he's just another guy with a gun. I'll say he five out of tens it with unlimited throwing knives. <laughs> <laughs> just like magically generating. With a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you're playing Goldeneye, that's the only weapon on. They're just laying around everywhere. That hit me in my heart. And I just had heart surgery a few months ago, back when my <laughs> pa was sick. And- <laughs> that hit me in my heart. Which reminds me, heartache is a terrible thing. You know, it can be a good life teacher, but doggone if it stings. I, well, I knew a girl, Georgette. And while like, all the passengers are just like deboarding the train peacefully, <laughs> <laughs> he's just laying there. I think I give him four if he gets that steel chair. That's enough. You're right. That's enough power for him. That one of them steel chairs? I saw that in the war at Fredericksburg. <laughs> Just like a battalion of soldiers, but they don't have like <laughs> rifles or anything. They have like steel folding chairs. They're just marching into battle, clanking them as they go. <laughs> like pinging bullets off of them, like uppercutting guys. <laughs> I think Brock is five out of ten. If you give him in one hand, he has a moonshine jug, and in the other hand, he has one of those like Scrooge McDuck bags of money with the dollar sign on it. <laughs> just just a big bag of coins that they're robbing the train for, obviously. Five out of ten. I think a big bag of coins could reasonably stop a bullet. Yes, for Ooh, sure. Yeah. I'll say Brock goes six out of ten with, in one hand, got a bag of money. Okay, taking the coins. And the other hand, he's got a fistful of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> rattlesnakes. Yeah, Brock's trained rattlesnakes. <laughs> so they know not to hurt him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got names for all of them. All right, okay. <laughs> all right, Cam, you know what? I I see your, your Brock 
uh, assertion, and I raise you one better. I give him seven out of ten. If in one hand he has a mountain lion, and in the other <laughs> okay, hand he has another mountain lion. <laughs> and <then laughs> all right, all right, I, I see that, and I'll raise you. I'm giving, okay. I'm giving him eight out of ten. If in one okay. hand he's got a mountain lion, and the yep. other hand he's got a mountain lion, but okay. In one mountain lion's paws is a bag of money, and in the other mountain lion's hand is a pile of snakes. Cameron, I want you to just realize that what you described is exactly a biblically accurate angel from Revelations. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw a beast. It was a hulking man with two mountain lions for hands. Everybody on the train's like scared of getting robbed, and the preacher is like, it's finally (laughs) happening. Are your hearts right? (laughs) No, I got stabbed. (laughs) Okay, it's been another episode of the Broctagon. Join us next week. We are very excited for this guest. We are joined by one and only Baltimore Ravens NFL QB, Lamar Jackson. He's here promoting his new book, My Life in Football. It was this or start a band. (laughs) See you next time.